is on our values as a church. And we have talked through um, simple devotion to Christ. Ronnie and came and talked to us about that. We've talked about um, deep relationship. And Ryan and um, Sean talked with us about that. And then last week, Brandon and Mandy came and talked about growing leaders. And so we're kind of halfway through this sermon series. And so I just wanted to remind you why we would take the time to do this together. Um, and I think the big reason is because we want God to be our guide and our compass, and we want to go where he's leading us. And so that means as a church family, we're going to go there together. We're going to go where God leads us. And so our values and our mission, along with our mission and vision, are one of the ways that we stay together doing what God has called us to do. So I would encourage you not only to listen to what our values are, but to memorize what our values are so that you can say them, so that you can think about them, so that you can put them into your everyday life. So today we're going to talk about everyday outreach, and we ask Nate and Adriana to talk with us about that. Um, everyday outreach is just living like Jesus lived and inviting like Jesus invited and including like Jesus included people in his life as he went about his everyday life, as they went about their everyday life. So I want to um, just say a couple of things about Adriana and Nate. Uh oh. Sorry, I gotta set some of these things down. Um, so Adriana, many of you know Adriana because she used to live in Denton. I know Adriana because she had the world's best neighbors when she lived in Denton, and that was me and Kurt. She lived next door to me and Kurt. And so that is one of the ways that I got to know Adriana. And she wanted me to tell you that her favorite color is yellow and that she likes long walks on the beach, which is her favorite place to do outreach every day. <laughs> no, not really. She's a campus pastor at Collin College, and we're excited to have her with us this morning. Nate, so I got to know Nate when he helped our youngest son, Kale. So Kale was a Corfa at UTD, and he and Nate both worked at Willowbend Mall. And in the name of building relationships, Kale would go and visit Nate, who worked at Chick-fil-A, on his break. And then Nate would take care of Kale with some Chick-fil-A for, you know, sustenance and community and, and all of those good things that, that, that we're a part of. Uh, but Nate is a legal assistant for the law offices of Tim Powers, and he's happiest when he gets a solid three or four hours of sleep each night. He is husband to the lovely Brittany, and let's be real. He's most well-known and loved for being the father of Danilo. That's his claim to fame. But we invited Adriana and Nate to talk with us this morning about everyday outreach because both of them are committed to and model this value. The results that they get are not always the results they want to see. So one of the things I want you to hear is they go out and they do what they believe God has asked them to do and they, they leave the results up to God to do what he's going to do. So please give your attention to them. I'm going to ask them some questions, and hopefully 
these questions will uh, get them to reveal their secrets for everyday outreach. Okay, are you guys ready? All right, so the first question is, who or from where did you learn the value of outreach? All right, so before starting, I just want to say that you're here because somebody was obedient to God. Um, and I've been outreached to my whole life. I mean, if you think about that, reflecting on this question, it made me realize outreach was something I learned and heard about, like in focus, but when reflecting on it, I've really been outreached to my whole life. And if you think about it, sitting here, you have too. So I'm gonna share a little bit about my story and also brag on God. So as a child, I grew up in a church that was basically one third my family. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't big, like it was a small Filipino church in Garland, Texas. And um, my aunt was my Sunday school teacher and my cousins were my classmates. <laughs> so, <laughs> and my mom was the adult class teacher. And as we grew, I grew with my family. And as you can tell, like church and family was very intertwined. And looking back, that's, I'm really grateful for that value and that we had that in my family. So as I grew, I came into high school and I had basically come into a pretty hypocritical point in my life. Oh, sorry, is this still on? Can you all still hear me? Okay. So, oh, okay. Um, so basically, I had been making a lot of selfish decisions, but I've also moved into the position of being a youth pastor. And by my senior year, the Lord really just basically told me, listen, you're going to live for me, you're going to live without me. Because I can't have you keep moving this way and continue to live out in my name. So my friend Victor reached out to me and I joined his small group um, in high school. And I remember him inviting me to a church service. And basically the Lord presented me that question. And it's because of my whole life that my family had been pouring into me my whole life, now up until this point, Victor reaching out to me, I want you to come to this, I had to break off that selfish relationship I was in, and I had to turn to Jesus. And now, I want to brag on focus. So, coming to college, I had this, you know, kind of revamped, uh, newfound uh, love for Jesus, and I wanted to really dive into becoming a disciple. And... I had, uh, so I had started at, at Colin in Frisco, go Cougs, and, <laughs> and um, I signed up, so I was, I was really wanting to be a part of a community, so I signed up for BSM, Christians on Campus, and Focus. Two weeks into my time at Colin, Christians on Campus reached out to me. At the end of that week, BSM reached out to me. That night that I signed up, Austin Bailey texted me, reached out to me, and told me to hang out at the Spring Creek campus for volleyball that night. He reached out to me that night. He followed up with me that same night. And there I was introduced to Ashley Obregon. There I played a ton of really fun volleyball with a lot of different people. And I was just initiated with in a way I never had been. I joined a core and I had deep relationships with people that I'd never really shared with that much or been shared with that much. And to answer the question, I learned from all of these people. Yeah, I mean, 
just like Nate, that was really sweet. Um, yeah, I think it's been just a fruit of the people that have invested in my life. Um, I think of, uh, yeah, at the beginning of my involvement with Focus as a student, um, the persistence that Sarah Worsham had um, with me to just reach out and to pursue me, um, despite the fact that I would reject her or just like wasn't really into the whole Jesus thing, um, would cancel on FOJ. And um, despite that, like she would still reach out to me um, and pursue me. And I think because of that, I've been able to not give up on people that just quit on me on the first time or the first awkward interaction that I have. Um, but it's allowed me to realize that, yeah, we can't just give up on people really quickly. Um, I think of my friend like Sean that has been so intentional and thoughtful from the moment that I met him until now. Um, I can't think of um, a person that's that thoughtful. Um, he met my family, I think, just once. And ever since then, he's constantly asked about my dad, about my parents' immigration status, about my grandma's health, about my brother, about me, about dating, about ministry, about everything in my life. And um, we don't get time together every week or anything like that, but has consistently been so um, thoughtful. And again, because of that, I've been able to um, be thoughtful and be considerate of the people that I um, meet and really get to know them, um, their hardships and ask about their life. Um, I think about Garrett, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I think about Garrett and how um, through our friendship and working together, um, he's brought this depth and critical thinking um, that has allowed me to not just be so shallow in my relationships, um, especially when we're in this world where you're just being constantly hit with opinions and political views and ideas and so on. Um, and I feel like he's been able to kind of uh, show that we can't just go wherever the majority is going, but we have to think, where does Jesus land on this, and how is he thinking about this? Um, I also think of um, friends like Yannette and Sandra and Chiazzo, um and all of those minority girls that have reminded me through that friendship that it's important for me to continue to reach out to um, minorities because the kingdom is not just made up of a specific person, but it's inclusive of all, all sorts of people. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, one of the things I, I think I take away from what both of you are saying is just how that it takes a lot of different touches um, to really bring us and grow us into Christ. It's not just one person. And so we get to be a part of that as we reach out to people every day and bring them to Jesus. So what motivates you to reach out to people? So I began FOJ with Albert Rodriguez, and I distinctly remember reading the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission is, I'll, I'll read it out to you, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I remember hearing that, like my aunt read that to me, my youth pastor read that to me, I heard it in several sermons, I've heard it here plenty of times, and you know, up until that point, like really doing FOJ with Albert and having that deep relationship, having that really intentional time with Albert, 
it hit different. It just, I just, yeah, <laughs> but it just, I just had never really thought, like the questions he'd ask me and the way he treated me really mattered. I'd read this passage many times, but this time it was different. This time was different because the guys in my life, the people in my core, um, the people in my community, they lived it out in front of me. I think that's what made it different, is I see it, and I continue to see it now. Um, yeah, and I think that's just what continues to motivate me, is I see that my community's doing this, and it's been done to me. I've tasted and seen that this is good, and I can't help it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Um, just to add on to that, um, our staff tends to throw this question of, why do we do what we do? And um, I think that question has been so pivotal for me to understand the real reason, for example, in this case with outreach, like why am I even doing outreach in the first place? Um, and it boils down to the Great Commission. <clears throat> and I think, as you were saying, yeah, like I think a lot of us have even memorized that passage and know it and could probably just recite it right now if I called you and you got up. Um, but I think oftentimes we just forget the depth and the gravity of that passage of this is the same Jesus that just rose from the grave and is saying, I have all authority in heaven, and I want you to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, and so on. Um, and I think we just disconnect ourselves from that and forget that it's, it's a command that Jesus told us, told his first disciples and is telling us as his disciples. Um, but we just forget because we get sucked in into the world and we don't see it as a really uh, a priority. And so anyway, to the question, I think starting with that question of like, why? Why is it that I'm doing this? Um, because they get so fixated in controlling things, controlling the outcome of um, if I have an outreach event at Colin, um, if I'm reaching out to this person at a coffee shop and I have expectations and ideas of how I want things to turn out. But the irony is that God is the one that is in control and he's the one that's making things grow. Um, but I'm so quick to forget that. So asking that question of, okay, why am I doing outreach? Um, boils down to the Great Commission and understanding more of that. So what's been most difficult for you in reaching out to people? Mm. I remember hearing while I was at Colin, I think it was Caleb Torres that said this, but he basically said, don't say people's no's for them. Um, I think that my biggest no for people is if they just looked way too cool. Like if like they were just, I was like, man, that guy is way too cool. He's not gonna be interested in anything I have to say. Or they look super put together, they look happy. Like what could Jesus do for them? What could I do for them? Like they, they look put together, they don't need this. Um, but that's a lie. That's a, that's a very big lie and all of us need Jesus. Everybody, every single one of us do. Um, he's essential. So, um, Yeah, Christ not only offers a better life, but proclaims that he is the only way, truth, and the life. And as disciples, I think we should believe that, live that, and do that for the people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a hard question in a way, because what was difficult for me as, well, one, because I just don't want to invalidate what it's most difficult to some of you guys. But whenever I was a student, the most difficult thing was just having the courage to show up and do outreach. Um, whenever I was in the workplace, the hardest thing was to uh, make it about people um, and also just accept that 
ministry was just going to look different than what it did in campus ministry and focus, um, that I was going to move much slower, um, that I wasn't going to be fast, that though I met a person like the first week of work, it doesn't mean that the next week I was going to start FOJ or that I was going to invite them to core my small group or church or whatever. Um, but it meant that it was just going to look slower and that um, maybe we weren't going to study FOJ and that was okay. Um, so yeah, I think that, and I think like for me now, um, it's the lack of trust that I have in God, um, cause I want control and because I worry so much about things that really don't even matter, um, because God is bigger than that. And, um, yeah, just lack of, uh, of trust and a lack of, um, yeah, just asking that question again of like, why is it that I'm doing this in the first place? Um, I forget about that. So I think that's made it difficult for me to realize that it's not really about the event. It's not really about um, the poster that I bring to outreach. It's not really about whether I'm awkward or not. Um, in that conversation that I have with this girl that I just met at the gym, um, it's about just showing up and initiating because that's what Jesus did when I look at scripture and see how he did ministry. So. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things about uh, reaching out to people is getting over yourself, getting over myself. Um, it's just really uh, difficult to do sometimes, and we just got to learn how to do that. Okay, I'm going to ask something that's not on the sheet. And no. yes, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to ask Nate to share a specific story that he shared with our um, small group. And if you want to think of a specific specific story if you don't think of one it's okay because i'm not going to put i'm not going to force you to think i of think i know what you're talking but about but you know what i'm talking about about the guy yeah. at the juvenile detention center yes. that you okay so another thing that's difficult is getting straight up denied that's pretty hard too i mean you think it's hard in dating i'm just kidding but <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm just kidding but so prior to my job now uh, here on the square, I worked at uh, juvenile detention. And I mean, so I'm a recent graduate. So I graduated in 2020 and I worked at juvenile for maybe a year. And Adriana had mentioned that adult ministry is super slow. I think all adults can kind of attest to the fact that like, yo, this is slow. But um, yeah, so basically I... So I work 2 to 10, and that's already a weird time to work. It's 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Like, no adults want to hang out in the morning, and except for Jam. Well, yeah, Jam. I don't know if he's here today, but he loves to hang out in the morning. But um, anyway, like, I would reach out to my coworkers and just, like, just to talk, just to hang out. And, like, we would kind of become acquaintances and talk about fun things, which is, like, a long part of adult ministry for a long time. And... Um, I was just like, I think we'd been into like months in the job now. And typically, like in college, it's not super weird asking for someone's number. Like, oh, cool, you want to hang out? Yeah, here's my digits. But so in adult ministry, I, so I'm just working and I was just like, hey man, do you want to grab dinner sometime? Uh, can I get your number? And he was just like, nah, no, not really. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one, but yeah, he, so I was like, okay, uh, he was, and he was just like, you already have me on Facebook, like, why, why do you need my number, like, we're already friends on Facebook, like, 
Is that not enough connection for you? And I was like, I mean, I would like to have a deeper relationship and potentially, you know, talk to you about Jesus. But, yeah, it's just, it's the parable of the sower. You don't know where everybody's heart is, and you just have to be faithful to sow the seed and to be a smiling face, to be nice to people, to, you know, um, you know, just, I think, a really big part of what I've found in adult ministry is just treating people really well and just being kind. And I think that in itself is like, I think it just goes over people's heads. I just don't think it happens really often. Like me going out of my way to grab somebody's copies out of the printer and handing it to them. They're like, oh, thanks, man. I mean, I was about to get them. I was like, ah, don't even worry about it. I was right here grabbing my copies. So, um, Asking people about how their day is. Remembering things. Okay, this is kind of into the practicals question. But, like, it's no, such a... you can't do that question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, remembering stuff is, like, a really big deal. Uh, can I share, like, one thing? Okay. So my coworker, Nick, like, could care less about God the Bible, anything. He really doesn't care about it. He made that super clear. Like, we, me and one of my coworkers got onto the topic of speaking in tongues, and he's like, oh, are they like demon-possessed? I'm like, no, bro, that's the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? But <laughs> but he was like, I don't know. I, don't, I could care less about that stuff. I was like, oh, okay. But this guy is so thoughtful that I'm learning from him because my coworker, Laura, her birthday is coming up, I think, on Wednesday, and he actually won't be here. So he bought her a present ahead of time, and he said, because I won't be here on your birthday. I was like, bro, me and Laura just started, and this guy isn't even a Christian. I was like, man, I got to step up my freaking game. But, yeah, it was just really sweet. I just wanted to brag on Nick. He's really cool. I think sometimes we just over-rotate things, um, and we forget that it's, it's, it's not that complex. Like, the goal is not to go and, like, beat them with the Bible um, and Scripture and have these, like, deep, deep theological uh, conversations. It's just about, as Nate was sharing, just, like, smiling, picking up copies, and um, doing little things as, such as remembering um, that goes further. I remember, I'm not really a show person that like Netflix or whatever, um, but sorry, not like, not in any way, um, I just, I just don't really, I don't, I don't like it, I don't get into them and whatever, but I remember whenever I was working uh, that a lot of my coworkers were really into this show that I forget the name of it, um, but I didn't want to watch it and so I would just read sometimes like uh, bloopers or whatever. Uh, bloopers, uh, spoilers, spoilers, synopsis, yeah, 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 and um, just like a little bit about the show so that I could engage with them and have conversations, um, so I would do weird things like that just to, so that I could like have something to talk about, because sometimes I would ask them about their week, and it would be just like good, and I'm like, hey, well, what was good about it, um, so yeah, no specific story. So two things I want to say is um, one of them is try things like you're gonna get shot down so just get over yourself and try some things and figure out what works 
And the second thing has already flown out of my brain. I have no idea <laughs> what it was. He is probably mad. <laughs> but we'll go on, and maybe it'll come back to me. Who knows? So I'm going to, because you guys are kind of already talking about it, I'm going to skip down to the question about practicals, and then we'll come back to the other questions. So what are some practicals you found helpful when it comes to sharing your life and your faith with people? Yeah. Um, I think that, kind of like I said, like remembering stuff, and the overarching point is it's not that hard being somebody's best friend. Like, I think a lot of people, like one of my coworkers at Juvenile, he said, he's, um, I think he's in his upper 30s. He said, I don't have any friends, and that's okay. Like, I don't really want any friends. Because I was talking to him, because he, he was obviously telling me things were wrong. And I was like, dang, man. Like, do you want to, I don't know, hang out and, like, talk more about this? Or, I don't know, just share more about that? He's like, nah, I'm okay. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you were <laughs> just kind of telling me about how your neck really hurts and, like, you're, you know, your apartment situation is really bad. Like, I don't know, man. You don't seem too good. And I just don't think people are used to being treated well. Like, I, yeah. like generally, I don't think that, by and large, people don't have really good friends like we have. Like, I don't think, I mean, I hope you realize how good your friendships are. Yeah. Like, A, I hope you really, really realize how good your friendships are. Because, like, normal people, like, I don't, uh, normal, but we're the not normal ones anyway. But um, I think just normal, worldly friendships, people don't initiate quite like we do or get deep and talk about things like we do or really ask about how you're really doing like we do. Um, so, yeah, just be somebody's best friend. Initiate with them. Don't be afraid to get shot down. And just try. Just try. The worst that can happen is no. Soil's not ready. But you try. Right, and the cool thing is, I plan on working at this job for a really long time. So hopefully, I could maybe see some of the soil change. Maybe I could see some of the fruit. But the really, really cool thing is somebody's already been doing that, potentially. Um, so my other point is, your mission is where your feet are. So where you are is your mission. I'm a dad. Danilo is my son, and. He's now a very big part of my mission. I'm really thankful Jam exists. I'm really thankful he's in this community. And I have a wife to love. Um, her mom lives with us, and I love her too. And I'm at work, and I love them too. I'm here, and I love you too. So, you know, it's my feet are here, so that's where my mission is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, Adriana, I'm really taking up this time. But um, another point is, and this one seems obvious, but I think only towards my like last half of being a Corfa did this one like really click. But ask God to help you. Like ask God to help you. I think I really tried to do a lot of this, like being a Corfa, being like a disciple of Christ trying to be a really good, just active outreacher by myself. I don't think I really invited the spirit into it, and I really think that I really just tried to do it on my own strength. But I would really encourage you as a practical to just ask God to help you see the needs in other people's lives and to lead you and help you speak truth into them. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind is this idea of expectations versus conviction um, that I adopted, I think, of Gary. And yeah, and I've used it a lot in like just the students that I get time with. Um, but I've, I've asked them like, hey, so like, why do you think we do outreach? And so some of the responses has been, oh, because I'm a core fan. Um, that's a student leader in our ministry. Um, because I want them to come to core. Because I want them to come with focus. Uh, because I want them to have friends. And these students are driving outreach from this place of expectation, which is not necessarily bad. Um, but I think sometimes we just err on that side of expectations. And the problem is that when those students leave, focus is not going to be there anymore. So they're not going to invite them because of core, TNF, uh, friendship, or whatever. Um, so then what are they going to do then, right? Um, and I think we should rather err more on this side of conviction, um, going back to the Great Commission, because it's a command from Jesus. Um, and because truly, like, the only thing that we can offer people is hope um, in Jesus. And so I think that, knowing that, like, drives me more to do outreach and stirs this, like, urgency to get up. And every interaction that I have with every person that I come across is very valuable and important because I might be the only person um, that they know that's a Christian. Or, um, so, so that's one thing. Um, the other thing is depth. I think sometimes we're really good at reaching out to people, initiating and doing small talk and getting to know them and all that stuff, inviting them and stuff. But sometimes I think we lack on the other side, like ones that are already involved in our church, to be consistent and to follow through, to challenge each other, um, to go deep, to um, know like your struggles, your sin, your good, your bad, whatever. Um, and we become very shallow and it's a relationship that's just this. It's not like going up and building each other up. Um, <clears throat> and I see that a lot. And the problem is that sometimes people walk away from faith because they just didn't have someone that they could talk to. And someone that didn't ask questions, um, someone that didn't dig from just the surface, like, yeah, I had a great weekend, it was good, and whatever. Um, so I think we have to be people that are willing to go deep um, and not just have fun and just hang out and just share memes and get, I don't know, uh, drinks. Or, well, not those kind of drinks. Well, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand there's adults and people drink and whatever. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like hard to share life with people when you're, you're just very surface level and you're not intentional and you're not consistent. Um, and you're just, I don't know, like just, you just come to church and show up and say hi, or you show up late because you don't like church or you don't like to talk to people or you hate small talk and you make it about you. And it's not about that. It's about how we can further the kingdom. And I think we're so quick to forget that and make it about how we can stay comfortable and how we can just um, go by and that's it. So still about practicals. Um, oh, man, what is the question? Okay, so as Christians, 
as people now born again and now living lives for Christ, your life is not your own, right? So the way you structure your day, the way you structure your week, your time, are you allowing time for other people? Is the way you live your life structured in a way that allows for outreach, that allows time for other people in your life? Because if you watch eight hours of anime, and <laughs> that's not me, though. I don't do that. I'm just kidding. I did that yesterday. But, <laughs> but um, just that's the thing to reflect about. Is your life structured in a way that allows for other people to be in it? Okay, so the last question is, what would you say to help people who don't feel qualified or motivated to reach out to people? Um, yeah, I mean, I would invite them to reflect on the people that Jesus used. They were not qualified. They weren't perfect. And that's something that I forget until this day. Um, yeah, like I think of Paul, someone that was so willing to go and root out all Christians, and yet he was one of the most powerful messengers um, that was used by God. Um, I think of greedy tax collectors. I think of Martha, someone that worries a lot, Jill's like me. Um, and all these, like, imperfect people. And I've come to, like, whenever I am, I'm able to um, ask myself that question, why? Why am I doing outreach? I'm able to remember that it's not because I'm perfect. It's not because this outreach event is going to go perfect or because I have the right questions or right words or whatever. Um, but God is in control of a lot of, a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, so it's not about how qualified you are. And, um, I mean, I think of me even, like, thinking through doing the apprenticeship. Um, that's something that I never thought of. Um, I was just like, that's someone that grew up in the church, and that's Christian and white. Um, and I'm not that. Um, so I'm not going to do that. And then somehow the Lord kind of put me there, and now I'm doing that. And a lot of the times where I look at the most powerful times that God did his thing was not from this side of strength, but it was from the side of weakness. Um, so, yeah, so I think that and looking into scripture. Um, and then the motivated part, that's kind of funny because I don't always feel motivated. Like, I don't always have this happy energy, like, to go do outreach. And I go back to, like, I don't know, that's okay. Like, God can use that. Um, but I also think of, like, Jesus at the cross. Again, like, I feel like we forget about who Jesus was, like, he was suffering. I don't think he was, like, hanging there, just, like, super motivated with a lot of energy to go do this, um, but he did. And so I think we can reflect on that and remember that it's not really about us and how, I don't know, great we are or stuff, so. Yeah, I, I think I just want to echo a lot of the same. Um, one thing that I've heard that's really stuck with me is, God doesn't call the qualified. He call, he qualifies the called. And that was just really impactful in my life because I didn't at all feel qualified. When Albert invited me to become a Corfa and go to Sikkim, I was like, me? I was like, <laughs> you know who you're talking to, man? But, um, yeah, I just didn't feel qualified at all to do God's work, but the truth is he's already begun it. We became a part of it, and now we join him in it. And that's really, really good. 
Um, I think I had said, I touched a little bit on this, but just don't rely on your own strength um, or understanding. He's preaching <laughs> like, to you. Yeah, <laughs> pointed at you. <laughs> don't rely on your he own strength. He was looking for an amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, don't rely on your own strength or understanding. Um, and something that I think I've seen in my own life that I've heard and now I think I'm seeing in my own life is God is calling you to more than you think you're capable of doing. And you just, I just don't think I knew how much I could love people. I just, this was not me five years ago. And spending time with people like this, loving my wife like this, reaching out to coworkers like this, like it's just not who I was five years ago, but that's because Christ is continuously transforming you. And are you allowing him to do that work? Are you also joining him in that? Are you also initiating with people? And um, I think the last thing that I kind of want to say is, I think in my head, outreach always kind of seems like a burden. It seems like a lot. Like, I feel like in my head, outreach was always like, I always had to share, like, the gospel, like, right now. Like, if this conversation doesn't end with me, like, praying for this person, then I didn't outreach. But it's like, no, I mean, I grew up Pentecostal. If anybody's Pentecostal here, they get that. But I, um, yeah, I basically kind of, that's my, that was my headspace. And, um... I was like, if I didn't get this person's number, didn't outreach to them, and didn't invite them to do FOJ almost immediately, that wasn't outreach. That wasn't successful. But the Lord has really been good to me in transforming my, my mindset um, in that. Great. Thank you guys so much. for. Did you have something else? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, the mic is mine, Leslie. It's yours. <laughs> it's all yours. Uh, yeah, I mean, th the thing that comes to mind is that Sometimes outreach is so difficult and challenging because I think we forget about the the depth that the, the Bible brings. Like, I think we see it just as this book um, that we just read as Christians. Um, and it reminds me so much of, like, uh, when I think of my background, my culture, and what my parents did, the fact that they sacrificed their life to come to this country so that they could provide for us to an extent. When I know those things... I'm like more, I remember being just more motivated to pursue a degree in college, to make the top 20%, to look for scholarships, to do all these things, to go an extra mile because my parents have sacrificed so much. And I think likewise, when I look at uh, this biblical story and I actually like understand it and grasp it, I'm able to come from a different place of like, no, this is urgent. Like I need to do this. Like I need to go there because Jesus Christ, died for me because there's history because people have done things for me so that I can be here today and sharing the gospel but I think we forget that and we're just like oh yeah like I read the message um what the great commission um or I read the bible or whatever and we I went to church and I went to small group and we just leave everything there and forget to apply it in all interactions that we have sorry that's it yeah, I would just say, um, encourage you guys to continue this conversation with one another when you leave today. Um, ask questions. If you have questions, talk to Nate and to Adriana some more. If you want to talk to them about something specific they said or ask a question of them. Um, but you guys, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. That was really helpful and we appreciate it.
Okay, Garrett's going to come do announcements, and then we'll be done. Hello, hello. Um, I'm going to be doing our announcements, uh, replacing Josh, because Josh has COVID. So uh, if you, you uh, know what that's like, if you've been kissing him recently, you probably should go ahead and isolate. Uh, I think that's what you're supposed to do. So do we have slides? Uh, we probably do, right? Let's do the first one. What is it? Let's see. It's going to be a surprise any second now. Here it comes. I can feel it. There it is. Whoa, what a slide. You know, um, it is... <laughs> Visually appealing, uh, interesting. Um, I know it captures the attention immediately, but if you can just for a second not focus on that and focus on me instead, if you can manage to do that, that'd be awesome. Um, I believe this is talking about our uh, the Spark Young People Conference. That's what it is. Yeah, that's not like I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, I've got notes. Hold on, let me just go ahead and get these bad boys out. Okay, this is the Spark Young Professionals Conference. So this is for people that are not in college that are aged 18 to probably, let's just say, 35, okay, 18 to 35, and if you're looking to, uh, to, to go to a conference where you can learn how to do something like what we just talked about right here, which is reach out to the, the people at, at work um, and, and connect into a larger community, that's a good deal for you to do. It's open in March. Uh, the registration is uh, there's going to be some main talks and breakout sessions based on your interests and on your, uh, your field of, of work, that kind of stuff. Um, and they're going to feed you dinner, and it's going to be fun. So there's that. Uh, thank you. Next slide. Oh, whoa. There's a. There we go. We could have led. We could have led with that one, couldn't we have? That would have been better. That's how we do things here at DNC, everybody. Um, and then the next one, Instagram. Yeah. Let's just make sure that we have. Like, is there another slide after this that is like a, a good one? Okay. If not, that's fine. Um, you get the feeling Josh did this on purpose to me. Uh, but yeah. So. <laughs> This is the least Instagram-feeling slide ever. Like, Instagram's all about aesthetics, but this slide is not. This is how we got you. You see, this was the trick, all right? So uh, Instagram, we now have an Instagram. It's at Denton North Church. We're going to be posting posh photos, um, you know, dances, ways to become cooler, that kind of stuff. I believe that's the main content. of. Just joking. Um, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, opportunities to serve, and I'm sure uh, also information about what's going on in our community. A lot of us don't use Facebook anymore or Meta, uh, as it were, whatever we call it these days. Um, so if you don't use that and you do want to use Instagram, we'll be posting not just interesting stuff uh, about our community, but also about what's going on in our community. So there's that one. Uh, the next one. Stickers. Okay, so if you're interested in sticker, uh, go to dentonnorthchurch.com slash, you guessed it, sticker, and you can buy one. Okay, next. Spring Showcase, hopefully. Okay, there's my friend Sirac jamming out. Um, so Showcase is this weekend, right? It's at Care Church in Richardson from 2.30, or there's what the show at 2.30 and one at 6.30, an artisan market at 5 p.m. Uh, the, the ticket link is anyfocus.org slash showcase. Um, and so I'll tell you what that is. Uh, that's the way that we end up sending a lot of our uh, uh, possible student leaders, uh, young students in our ministry that we have seen fit to invest in. We invite them to a 10-day conference up in Bellingham, Washington. We teach them all about what campus ministry is all about, uh, but it is pretty expensive. It's like, I think like 900-ish dollars this year, and a lot of college students can't afford that. And so showcase is a way to go and support that. Uh, all the proceeds from Showcase go to that. And what it is, is it's a show of talented individuals. This is not like a talent show. 
Okay, that's different. This is actually talented individuals doing, like, using their talents in many different ways. So it's not like I'm going to be up there tap dancing. It's going to be like, you know, uh, Renee and Layla are dancing because they're professional dancers, like that kind of stuff, okay? So, uh, yeah, come and support our ministry through that. And then, this is not a real slide. Just forget to read. Good one, Josh. <laughs> All right, Josh got me on this. You win this time, Josh. As you guys know, we have an ongoing feud between the two of us, uh, of which apparently he just got the upper hand. I'm going to say a prayer for us, and I'm going to dismiss us. <laughs> Father, you are so good. Uh, thank you for uh, all that you've blessed us with. And since I'm praying for my enemy, would you please help Josh to feel better as well from COVID? Uh, we just thank you for these people. We thank you that you love a ragtag group of individuals like us and that you've called us out uh, to, to do real uh, intentional ministry in this world. Thank you for Nate and Adriana speaking to us. I pray that you would bless them as they go and uh, bless our church as we seek to reach out to those around us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.